Welcome to FYI, the four-year innovation podcast. This show offers an intellectual discussion on technologically enabled disruption, because investing in innovation starts with understanding it. To learn more, visit arc-invest.com. Arc Invest is a registered investment advisor focused on investing in disruptive innovation. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. It does not constitute either explicitly or implicitly any provision of services or products by Arc. All statements made regarding companies or securities are strictly beliefs and points of view held by Arc or podcast guests and are not endorsements or recommendations by Arc to buy, sell, or hold any security. Clients of Arc Investment Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. Hey everyone, today we're joined by Sam Corus, ARC's thematic analyst covering robotics, energy storage, and space exploration. And today we're going to talk about the fundamental materials you need to build a future powered by electric vehicles. And does the Earth have enough of those core minerals like lithium and cobalt and manganese? Sam has been kind of researching the fundamental ingredients of batteries and where we are in the state of batteries for a long time. And I think it's uh, really exciting to get his take on exactly where we are. Sam, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, James. Great to be here. Alrighty. So for a future where all the cars or the majority of cars are going to be powered by electricity and using batteries as the energy storage medium, there are a lot of questions like, you know, do we have even enough lithium in the world to sustain that future? Do we have enough other elements like cobalt? Could you give us a rundown on what are the primary, call it industrial ingredients or elements we need for battery chemistry? And how to think about if there's going to be enough supply through just the mining and supply chain to create that future. Sure. So there are a few different chemistries out there, but really when it comes down to it, we're looking at nickel, we're looking at cobalt, and we're looking at lithium. And it's pretty interesting that the way that this storyline has evolved is they're called lithium ion batteries. So the first thing that people looked at was lithium. And then, you know, once people kind of figured out the storyline there, they moved on to the next element. So I think, you know, we should we should tackle it in that order as well. And we can get started with the lithium side of it. Okay, so lithium, you're right, every all the batteries, whether it's iPhone or, uh, or Tesla, people t- talk about lithium ion batteries, why is it called a lithium ion battery? And what's the kind of global supply chain situation look like for lithium? Sure. So lithium is one of the key ingredients in there. And when people are looking at it, Really, what people use to evaluate the amount of a commodity is you look at something called the reserve to production ratio. Okay. And so, what is the reserve? The reserve is the amount of that resource that we've identified in the Earth's crust. And so, we know it's there. We don't necessarily have something set up to take it out of the Earth there, mm-hmm. but we know it exists in these certain locations. And then the production side of it is you look at what this year's annual production was and you say, if we produced at that rate, how many years would the reserve last? Okay. So what what does that metric look like for lithium? So for lithium, we have 400 years worth of reserve at current production level. So if we don't discover any new uh, mining deposits for lithium, just use the existing ones, there's 400 years worth uh, to go. That's right. But where the concern arises is we're still in the very first innings of EV production. Sure. And so, right, there's two sides to this equation. You have the reserve side and the production side. 
And what we've seen happen a lot is people only look at one side of the equation and they say, okay, we're expecting a huge number of EVs. Mm-hmm. Arc's forecast is actually 27 million EVs sold globally in 2023. Right. And a huge amount of lithium is actually needed to do that. And so they go forward and they say, well, if production is going to ramp exponentially, then we're going to really come short on the reserve side. But it's incorrect to think that reserves are stationary. Okay. And I think that's a really key point to, to focus in on. So why reserve sounds like that's just a fixed amount. Why isn't reserve stationary? Like how does this compare to something like oil, for example? Sure. So technological advances allow you to access new mines that you couldn't access before. Fracking. Fracking. Yeah. As prices of a commodity go up, it incentivizes us to explore further. So reserves stay the same if you're not looking for any more because you don't just stumble across it. You have to actively go and search for it. Sure. And so if you look at it, oil's reserve to production ratio is actually 51 years. Okay. And it's been in that range for, for a while. So in the 70s, it was, it was roughly in that range as well. So I'd need to go back to check exactly on that. But yeah, so it's, it's kind of stayed to that rate. And I think a really interesting thing, and I think this is kind of the perfect example, is when you look at copper. In 1970, Copper reserves were 280 million tons. Oh, yeah. Copper is what I meant. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so copper was 280 million tons in reserves. Sure. Since then, copper production has totaled over 500 million tons. Wow. So, if you just do the math there, there's only 280 in reserve and we've already produced over 500. So, what should reserves be today? They should be negative. Yes. But copper reserves are 720 million tons. So, they've gone up. They've gone up. Okay. We've produced more. So the idea that reserves are static just needs to be thrown out of the window because price increase, new technology incentivizes and enables us to increase that. I see. So when people talk about reserves, it's not really like the earth's reserves. It's what we've discovered reserves. It's a, it it's only measures what we found and the earth really has some theoretical upper bound that's far, far away from us exploiting. I think that's very accurate. Yeah. Okay, great. So for lithium, it seems like we have enough even. So the the reserves now are pretty good. But if we have a huge exponential ramp in EVs, as we expect, we would expect the exploration side to also go up commensurately. And basically, we could end up in a copper situation where the demand is so high, we actually end up finding more and more and more. That's yep. And so you know, that's kind of just to do a back of the envelope check for ourselves. We looked and we said, okay, what if we were making 45 million EVs annually with a 50 kilowatt hour battery? That would still give us a 78 year runway with lithium. Okay, great. So we're good on lithium. What about the two other elements you mentioned, nickel and cobalt? So as I said, lithium ions in the name. So that's where everyone started. And then all of a sudden the price of cobalt started to take off Mm. and that drew a lot of attention. And then also a lot of attention to the supply chain and whether or not there would be enough. Uh, particularly because in 2017, the Congo accounted for 58% of global cobalt production. And so there's a lot of issues as far as human rights and the type of working conditions that these people who are mining cobalt are working in and living in. Right. So this became very top of mind. And so we did a similar analysis as we did with lithium for cobalt. And you know, so what we find there is that the reserve to production ratio for cobalt is 64 years. Okay. So much lower than it is for lithium, but 
higher than it has been for oil. And the most interesting thing about cobalt is that it's a byproduct of nickel and copper mining, which means that you can't open up a mine just to mine cobalt because typically the economics don't work out, Mm -hmm. Uh, right? So you need price escalation in one of those primary metals, either nickel or copper, to incentivize new exploration and new mining activities. And when we've looked at it, nickel prices have increased to such a point that it should incentivize that, as have copper prices. And in fact, you know, the copper content in an electric vehicle is greater than it is in a gas-powered car. Okay. So that also helps contribute to it as well. So there's going to be, because of the copper demand, there's going to be more natural production or exploration to find copper. And once you do that, you get a byproduct that can help you make cobalt, essentially. Right. And then the other side of it, right? So we've just talked about the the reserves on a fundamental basis. The other piece is the battery chemistry itself is changing. Sure. And so one of the exciting things is, you know, we're working to get more energy dense batteries, so more energy per kilogram. And one of the key ways that people are doing this is by increasing the nickel content relative to cobalt. And so not only should we have, you know, further increase of nickel and copper mining, but the batteries themselves are using less and less cobalt. And we have more nickel. So that's a good trade-off. You have you use more of the resources you have and use less of the rare minerals. Exactly. Okay. And Tesla is, seems to be focusing on the reduction of cobalt, cobalt use in its batteries. Exactly right. I think it was in the second quarter of this year, they specifically noted in one of their letters that they had lower cobalt in their Model 3 batteries compared to next generation cells from their competitors. Okay. And so this is particularly important as cobalt's price had run. It's crazy. The price of cobalt went up to roughly $90,000 per ton or per kilogram, right. metric ton of kilogram. So this would actually give them a price advantage if, since the, they're using a chemistry that requires less of the most expensive mineral and their competitors uh, at probably on an older chemistry just needs more cobalt, so it costs more. Right. But interesting, since that time in summer, the price of cobalt has actually been cut in half. So now it's $45,000. Oh, wow. So these these are volatile. Mining's super capital intensive, and there is wild speculation in some of these markets. So that definitely varies as as different timing goes on. Very interesting. But empirically, I guess it's uh, cobalt prices are are well it would make sense for it to escalate more than the other minerals in a in a battery chemistry right just due to the uh supply chain issues okay great okay so i guess if we're to kind of the key takeaway here is there are a couple of fundamental earth elements that we need for to produce these electric car batteries these lithium based batteries lithium we have quite a good supply of and we with the with the growth in exploration that will probably sustain itself and even for something like cobalt that will probably happen too so we can get to a point where the world would transition to majority electric vehicles and the bottleneck would not be in finding the rare earth minerals. Right. If I could summarize it in one sentence, I'd just say reserves don't remain static. We will find more. We will find more. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for your time, Sam. Thanks, James. Alrighty. Bye-bye. 
Ark believes that the information presented is accurate and was obtained from sources that Ark believes to be reliable. However, Ark does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of any information, and such information may be subject to change without notice from Ark. Historical results are not indications of future results. Certain of the statements contained in this podcast may be statements of future expectations and other forward-looking statements that are based on ARC's current views and assumptions, and involve known and unknown risks and uncertainties that could cause actual results, performance, or events to differ materially from those expressed or implied in such statements. <laughs> <laughs>